Welcome to the Midwest and Plains Equity Assistance Center Equity Spotlight Podcast. This podcast series will feature the center's equity fellows, national scholars from North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, Minnesota, Iowa, Missouri, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, Indiana, and Ohio who are working to advance equitable practices within school systems. Each episode will focus on a topic relevant to ensuring equitable access and participation in quality education for historically marginalized students, specifically in the areas of race, sex, national origin and religion, and at the intersection of socioeconomic status. Welcome to today's podcast, which pairs with the Equity by Design Brief, teaching LGBTQ-themed literature in English language arts classrooms. The brief describes curriculum strategies for incorporating LGBTQ literature in language arts classrooms, and for this podcast, we'll be hearing from a few teachers who have used LGBTQ books with their students. Each contributor was asked to describe the way they use an LGBTQ-themed text in their classroom, with the purpose of providing concrete examples of both high-quality LGBTQ texts and how they might be used in elementary and secondary language arts classrooms. Many of our contributors are university educators, teaching pre-service teachers, providing a unique viewpoint of both instructional methods and how teachers respond to LGBTQ-themed literature. All of the books featured in this podcast can be found in a supplemental text list included with this podcast. We will first be hearing from Rob Bittner, who teaches the picture book 10,000 Dresses by Marcus Ewart and illustrated by Rex Ryan. 10,000 Dresses features a transgender girl named Bailey who tells her parents that she wants to wear dresses. Bailey's parents react negatively to her requests, so Bailey seeks out the help of a neighbor to design and create her dream dress. Hello, my name is Rob Bittner. I'm an LGBTQ children's and young adult literature specialist, and I teach undergraduate courses in gender and sexuality studies, as well as children's literature at Simon Fraser University in Vancouver, B.C., One of my favorite activities to do with undergraduate students, um, particularly those who are looking to be elementary school teachers, is a close reading of the picture book 10,000 Dresses by Marcus Hewart and Rex Ray. Um, I begin the activity by showing the cover image of the book to the class and ask students to indicate what they think the book is about. More often than not, students make some mention of the child being a boy and likely being gay because of the short hair and the dress and the cover image. I then move on and read the first few pages of the book aloud, showing the accompanying images. A few pages in, Bailey, who self-identifies as a girl, confronts her mother, asking if she can get a new dress. Bailey's mother, though, states that Bailey was born a boy, and boys don't wear dresses. At this point, I stop and ask students to consider how the gendered pronouns used to describe Bailey complicate and inform their earlier assumptions of the main character, which they base solely on the cover image. Finally, I read the students the remainder of the text, which explores acceptance from chosen family and friends versus the assumptions of biological family members who are unaccepting and intolerant. The exercise enables students to confront their own assumptions and to see how children aren't often afforded the space to explore their own identities, but are instead often told how to identify. I think this activity is important in helping undergraduate students confront their own biases and also see ways in which they can explore gender in their own classrooms and homes. Next, Sarah Austin discusses how she also uses 10,000 dresses alongside two other picture books in her university-level children's literature course. Sarah discusses Heather Has Two Mommies by Leslie Newman and illustrated by Dana Kingsbury. 
The book, first published in 1989, is considered to be the first picture book depicting a child with lesbian parents. Sarah Austin pairs 10,000 dresses, and Heather has two mommies, with And Tango Makes Three, a picture book by Peter Parnell and Justin Richardson, illustrated by Henry Cole. And Tango Makes Three tells the story of two male penguins who raise and hatch an egg in Central Park Zoo. The book won multiple awards, but, like 10,000 dresses and Heather Has Two Mommies, has been the subject of numerous censorship debates and is one of the American Library Association's most frequently challenged books. My name is Sarah Austin, and I taught survey children's literature for the University of Connecticut. In the section of the class on gender and sexuality, my students read three picture books, 10,000 Dresses, Heather Has Two Mommies, and Tango Makes Three. After discussing Catherine Bond Stockton's The Queer Child or Growing Sideways in the 20th Century, and Lee Edelman's No Future, Queer Theory and the Death Drive as backgrounds in queer theory and children's literature, we use the three picture books to talk about how children's books represent the difference between sexuality and gender, and how family diversity works as a stand-in for discussing the child as sexual subject. We specifically noted that none of these picture books deal with the possibility of queer children. In class, we also did some brief research on the controversy surrounding these picture books looking at the ALA website and other online responses to them, and then connected those responses, which were overall negative, to positive discussions of the book, such as the Huffington Post article on queer children's books or the mommy blog, Raising My Rainbow. Students were able to connect these books to those about heterosexual reproduction, including It's Not the Stork, and young adult novels, such as The Giver and Zombie. Moving towards middle grade novels, Melissa Smith next describes how she teaches Totally Joe by James Howe. The novel is formatted as an alpha biography in which Joe describes his life from A to Z. Throughout the entries, Joe describes his friends and life in seventh grade, exploring gender roles and expectations, family relationships, and bullying at Joe's school. Joe identifies as gay and comes out to his family and friends. My name is Melissa Smith, and I'm an assistant professor of children's literature at Ferris State University in Big Rapids, Michigan. One of the texts that I enjoy using in my children's literature course is Totally Joe by James Howe, and there's two really interesting reasons why. The first is that Joe is a endearing character that realizes over the course of the novel that he is gay, and he comes out to his family. Um, unlike many novels, his family is incredibly supportive his aunt, his grandparents, his mom and dad, they stick up for him, they believe in him, and they value his choices. Um, I do sometimes have students who think that the reaction is unrealistic, but I do think it's important for students and children and our college students to see a supportive family. The second reason I really enjoy this text is that although Joe is um, gay and although he does have a crush on a boy over the course of the text, he does not choose to engage in any sexual activities. Um, in fact, he realizes that he's too young to kiss anyone. And I think that oftentimes our students assume that for an individual to be gay, they have to engage in some sort of intimate act. Um, this book really counters that. Sexuality for Joe is an identity, it's a preference, but it's not an action. Thanks. Next, high school English teacher Carrie Snyder discusses teaching Am I Blue? Coming Out from the Silence, a collection of stories edited by Mar Marion Dane Bauer. 
Snyder particularly focuses discussion on Bruce Coville's short story from the collection, titled Am I Blue?, in which the protagonist, Vincent, experiences bullying and questions his own sexuality. When Vincent's fairy godfather visits him, Vincent wishes for every gay person to appear as blue for one day. My name is Carrie Snyder, and I teach high school English. I teach multiple stories from Bowers' Am I Blue? My approach is to teach each story in conjunction with one or two relevant LGBTQ concepts. The title story, Coville's Am I Blue, is excellent and follows the protagonist, Vincent, a young teen who is bullied because he, to himself, is questioning his sexuality. I want to tell you how I teach microaggressions in conjunction with this story. First, I give my students the definition of microaggressions, a term coined by Pierce as, quote, everyday verbal, nonverbal, and environmental slights, snubs, or insults, whether intentional or unintentional, which communicate hostile, derogatory, or negative messages to target persons based solely upon their marginalized group membership, end quote. After a detailed discussion of the meaning of this definition and discussing various examples, I have students write a reflective journal entry responding to the prompt, Have you experienced microaggressions? How does it feel? This assignment was designed in consideration of a prominent goal of queer inclusive curriculum, which is to provide students with literature that serves as, quote, windows and mirrors, a term coined by Emily Style. The goal of this assignment was for my students to see themselves or close friends and family as victims of microaggressions. When students see themselves in this way, they have a clearer path to relate to and make meaning out of Vincent's experience, who, as a questioning adolescent, is often the victim of homophobic microaggressions. My students' journal entries either directly mirror Vincent's experience with a homophobic microaggression, which is incredibly affirming, or parallel it with a microaggression that targets a different marginalized group, providing those students with a window, a path toward empathy. The intentional incorporations of high-quality LGBTQ-themed literature, such as texts like Am I Blue, Totally Joe, and 10,000 Dresses, has been shown to provide readers with reflections of themselves and foster empathy in classrooms. The texts in this podcast center LGBTQ identities in the language arts classroom, and this podcast showcases educators using intentional pedagogical activism that actively work to combat heteronormativity and homophobia. These educators report practices that invite their students to challenge stereotypes, confront their own initial assumptions and misconceptions about LGBTQ identities, and see themselves in the role of LGBTQ protagonists. As we describe in the associated Equity by Design briefing, LGBTQ-themed literature addresses issues of identity relatable to all students, and conversations on social justice and activism are transferable to other conversations on civil rights and social justice, which we can see occurring in Carrie Snyder's discussion of microaggressions with his students, in which students find ways to relate to a protagonist experiencing bullying as he questions his sexuality. LGBTQ-themed literature also invites students to challenge their own stereotypes, as Robert Bittner asked his students to predict what, the, what will happen in an LGBTQ-themed text and then discuss their assumptions. LGBTQ-themed literature, when paired with intentional pedagogical practices, allows us to disrupt heteronormative assumptions and practice empathy in the classroom, creating a more equitable space that improves the experiences of all of our students. For a list of the novels and supplemental references mentioned in this podcast, please see the podcast transcript available at the Great Lakes Equity Center website. This podcast was brought to you by the Midwest and Plains Equity Assistance Center. 
To find out about other Midwest Implants Equity Assistance Center podcasts and other resources, visit our website at www.greatlakesequity.org. To subscribe to a podcast, click on the podcast link located on the Midwest Implants Equity Assistance Center website. The Midwest Implants Equity Assistance Center, a project of the Great Lakes Equity Center at Indiana University, is funded by the U.S. Department of Education to provide technical assistance, resources, and professional learning opportunities related to equity, civil rights, and systemic school reform throughout the 13-state region. The contents of this presentation were developed under a grant from the U.S. Department of Education, S004D11002. However, these contents do not necessarily represent the policy of the U.S. Department of Education, and you should not assume endorsement by the federal government. This podcast and its contents are provided to educators, local and state education agencies, and or non-commercial entities for the use for educational training purposes only. No part of this recording may be reproduced or utilized in any form or in any means, electronic or mechanical, including recording or by any information storage and retrieval system without permission in writing from the Midwest Plains Equity Assistance Center. Finally, the Midwest Plains Equity Assistance Center would like to thank Indiana University School of Education, as well as Executive Director Dr. Kathleen King-Torius, Director of Operations Dr. Sina Skelton, Associate Director of Engagement and Partnerships Dr. Tiffany Kaiser, and Instructional and Graphic Designer Dr. Jasur Dagwi for their leadership and guidance in the development of all tools and resources to support the region.